Yes, I believe that we are on. Uh, Charles Moskowitz here. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, my guest is Andy Nowicki, and um, Andy is a is a blogger. He's an author. He's a um, he's got an interesting website here. Uh, Alt right novelist. One of the books that caught my ima imagination is Conspiracy, Compliance, Control, and Defiance. Andy, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I think that for starters, could you define for us what you mean by alt-right and what that is all about? Oh, boy. That's a... <laughs> that's a that, that's a... Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. That's like a... You know, that's the, you know, uh, the, the history of the term alt-right, um, it, it has a history prior to 2016, but most, most people who are aware of the term today don't know about that history. Prior to 2016 and really before uh, 2015, um, when it was kind of morphing into what it became uh, uh, when Hillary Clinton saw fit to mention it by name. Right. Uh, prior to prior to that, the all the alt right or the alternative right was, um, I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, it was a fairly uh, broad minded uh, intellectual, um, uh, you know, it was it was a big tent of people who were outside the mainstream. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was a big tent of people who were outside the mainstream, philosophically, uh, intellectually, politically. But I wouldn't say it was uh, the the thing that it became, or the thing that it it was lampooned as, or the thing it was portrayed as later as uh, um, as essentially, you know, neo Nazism, which is which is after. You know, after the lying media, the Lugan press, as I call them, got hold of the term alt-right, you know, in, in 2016, it, it was just a free-for-all. And I would just read, for a time, I was interested. I thought it was, I was wanting to see what they were saying about it. And, you know, if there was going to be some honest exploration, some honest questions to be asked. And, and there, to be fair, there have been a couple of things written about uh, about the alt-right scene that, that uh that seemed to come from an honest place, but I would say uh, like 98 to 99% of what you read about the alt-right is just complete drivel, complete uh, intellectually dishonest nonsense. Um, and it's, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I would, I would like to just, uh, you know, I, I played a role, I think in the, in the, uh, in the movement uh, in the early days, mm -hmm. but, but I would, uh, you know, in some ways, like to just slough off the the title now, just because it it's so uh, it tends to be so misleading. But at the same time, I don't want to just be defined by the way that uh, intellectually intellectually dishonest people would define me. So, so I I created the the website alt right novelist uh, just as a way to sell my books or to to, to let it be known where my books are, where they can be discovered, um, you know, how they can be purchased, what they're about. And, um, and I stuck with it and I have stuck with it, uh, until now. So, uh, or up through now, but, but it's, it's certainly true that the term alt-right has been, 
you know, it's 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 mangled beyond uh, repair, possibly. And it's not something that I, it's not something I self-identify with anymore. Not because I'm ashamed of it, not because I'm running away from anything, but just because there's so much uh, misunderstanding, really fostered by so much dishonesty uh, mm-hmm. from the people who have talked about it and covered it and so forth. Well, I mean, it seems to me that the uh, the term alt right, the alt right movement, has been demonized in a way that's similar to the way the John Birch Society was demonized in the 1960s. You know, they they try to tag it with very very negative images of anti-Semitism and racism and yes. and, and outside of of normative thinking in terms of of, of where we want to be as Americans. And yeah. You know, I guess that, um, and I, I discovered for myself that the Birch Society was none of those things, um, interviewing them over the years. And I don't believe that um, there's any evidence of that. In fact, um, remember, there was a big New York Times writer who referred to them as anti-Semitic. And I actually was able to get him on the phone and say, where's your evidence of this? And he admitted to me that it really wasn't an, a, you know, an actual thing. It's just this is sort of the way people see it. And um, as far as the alt-right goes, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but um, I and, and I remember when I remember when it was demonized by Hillary Clinton, that made me suspicious of motives by the establishment to demonize it. But I, I guess that you know I have to ask the the obvious question here, which is uh, what what about these charges? I mean, the ADL, which is a group that I dislike intensely and do not respect who yeah. call anyone an anti-Semite who doesn't agree with leftist ideas, by the way. They're just a bunch of, you know, socialists and including Jews, by, including, I mean, even my, they, they dislike me more than they would dislike, and I'm Jewish because, right. I, because I'm not on the left and I'm not, uh, I don't kowtow to this establishment view. There's nothing they dislike more than that. Right. But, right. Uh, but nevertheless, they've made these charges. They've actually listed you by name on their website. So, mm-hmm. What about that? I mean, are there is there any issue there? Well, is there any issue with people who who have objectionable ideas who who are on the alt right? I think there are people on the alt right who have what I would think of as objectionable ideas. Some of them, um, but you know, um, you know, I, I, for for me, you know. As far as the, if the question were to come up, well, why do you associate with these people? Why do you share the same label with people who uh, whose views you might find objectionable? I mean, for me, again, I was coming out of uh, a time period. You know, we're talking about almost a decade ago, 2010, 2011, 2012, when the the alt right wasn't really well known, but it was it it. it had a very different, uh, among those who did know it, it had a very different kind of connotation. And even then, sure, there were people, it was, it, it was a, an anti-establishment group on the right. Yeah. And so there were, there were certainly people there, you know, who had, uh, who came from a, a, a different intellectual framework than, than that which informs me, than that, that which has ever informed me. But uh, you know, for example, you know there there are there are people who would call themselves white nationalists who uh, who were on the alt right. I've never been a, a racial nationalist. 
I mean, I'm a race realist. Uh, I think there are differences, biological differences between the races, but for me, that's not, you know, that's not the animating uh, um, ideology for me by any stretch. But I mean, I, I could, I, I, I knew these, a lot of these people. I liked them. I stayed in touch with them. Uh, you know, we were, we, we came from different points of view, but, but uh, we shared, uh, uh, we, we shared a dislike of the, the establishment of the modernist liberal left uh, establishment and all of the ideologies that uh, that are puked out by the by the uh, by the liberal left establishment in, in all of their you know in, in all of the institutions that they dominate now, be it academia or most most poisonously the the media. Uh, you know, I I have grown to so hate the mainstream media. Uh, over the last say three or four years before that, I didn't really like them, but I, I was a lot more mellow. Uh, and I kind of thought, well, you know, they'll have to, they, they have to be honest about certain things, but, but uh, no, they're not honest about much of anything. And um, no, I agree so, with that. yeah. So, so, I mean, I think, you know, it, it was a, a ragtag group of, uh, you know, uh, independent thinkers and some some of us came from a certain perspective uh or, or were informed by certain perspectives that were different from others of us um but but uh you know we we uh but it was a it, but it was at that time a, a cordial uh a group um you know and, and uh it was a place where ideas mattered and ideas could be openly shared and uh it, it was an it was a big tent it was an open-minded um uh kind of uh you you found more open debate and uh and really less uh um back in those days anyway you found more open debate and 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 less of uh just this tendency which you know you see right now to this what's become what's become known as cancel culture um oh, yeah. that, there was no no hint of that at all. Uh, well, the, when I was, it was a, this attempt to basically denude from uh, any kind of discourse anything that didn't agree with an establishment left yeah. view. Okay, my guest is Andy Nowicki. He is the uh, host of the alt right uh, novelist website where his books are available. Um, Andy, I mean, I, I would just, you know, it seems like it's, it's in a way a typical conservative leaning group in that you have a vast diverse group uh, opinions on, and in many cases, extremely uh, opposite opinions on, on by a lot of different people. And this isn't the both the, the blessing and the, uh, the curse of being conservative, because we don't have these, you know, unlike the left, which tends to be very lockstep and, you know, they all march to the same drummer. Their arguments are more over, you know, how fast or how slow we're going to go. Their arguments are over personalities and egos, but their ideology is is really very conforming. And uh, on the right, you have much more diversity of opinion. Having said yeah. that, I disagree with the idea that there's any biological difference between races, only because I view it as a leftist idea that goes back to Darwin. And that the eugenics movement, which was a so-called progressive leftist movement right up until World War II, when obviously it became unfashionable 
when Hitler, who was I view as a leftist and as a socialist and who was viewed that way in the 1930s, and the uh, the war brought brought out a very bad stench to to those kinds of views. So the left then changed their stripes a bit on those questions, but I think it's still very much in place in certain mm-hmm. areas of thought, like the so-called studies in, in universities, like you know the women's studies, black studies. These mm-hmm. things seem to pro- seem to promote the fact that they believe there actually is a biological difference between black and white people or between men and women. Well, there are biological, but you know what I mean in a, in a real sense. And, um, and, and I mean, I tend to take, I think a more American view, which is that the individual is, is prime uh, created by the creator and that we have, we should have a maximum of, uh, degree of control over our own lives and destinies. Um, but so while I disagree with that view, I just want to point, put it into a context and point out that, People on the establishment and the left who like to get a little high and mighty about this, they have their own version of it. And to me, it's, it's not right on either side. Um, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot that I agree with in what you just said. And I, I think that I'm, I'm for treating people as individuals, not as representatives of groups. Um, you know, I, I, you know, uh, I mean, I think that, I think that generally speaking, you know, we, we are, we were created, uh, in, uh, in a certain, um, uh, for better or for worse, you know, in, in a, a certain tribal context, you know, around people who, who share our attributes, uh, you sure. know, and, and lineage and so forth. And so I, I, you know, I just don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not that I'm hardcore about, you know, about race. It's more just the sense that I think that we should, we should be reasonable about it and, and acknowledge things that, that uh, broadly speaking are true. And I think, I think that rejecting the notion of multiculturalism is important. Um, I think rejecting the idea that, that you, just throw a bunch of people together or, or that you just, you take a, a, a nation or a culture that has a set, um, you know, uh, a, a way of being or, or a set of traditions, uh, you know, a certain identity. And then you just open the gates and, and throw a bunch of people in uh, who, who are completely different, who have totally different alien, uh, e- even alien uh, uh, perspectives or traditions or so forth. It's not that these people, it's not that the, the people that are coming in are bad or it's not, you know, my perspective and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm a Catholic. I've never, I've never seen one race as superior to another or one individual as superior to another. But I do think there's some, there's a kind of insanity to this notion of just uh, not allowing um in particular, Western nations to uh, to retain their uh, their national identity. Um, that's that's the you know, I mean, that's basically what it boils down. And I agree with the idea that America has a national identity and we have a sovereignty and we have a national culture. And I think that within that national culture, we have subcultures that mm-hmm. deal with ethnic 
identity, religious identity, even racial identity. And, you know, I think that, you know, I mean, Washington wrote about this. He actually mentioned it in the farewell address and in other writings where he says that his main hope for the future for this country would be that we would have, we would give deference to a national culture while at the same time he understood that we would be retaining our our local habits, as he called them, and mm-hmm. our cultures. And I think that's what this country has always been about in reality and ideally. And the whole move toward like kind of amalgamation and erasing uh, people's cultures and moving them into like, you know, racial categories or whatnot. To me, it's 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 a, a social engineering that, oh, yeah. that it's not really con- consistent. You know, I happen to be Jewish and I, I have no problem congregating with other Jews and going to synagogue and joining Jewish organizations because that's that's who I am. But I do it out of choice. It's not something that, you know, I need to be uh, identified with by others. And also, I, I respect the fact that you have, you know, Irish groups, you've got German groups, you've got Italian groups. This is what America is all about. I don't see that to my way of thinking, you know, we don't want to have when you say bringing in alien ideas, I don't view that necessarily as from a standpoint of heritage. I view it as more of a cultural thing. Like, for mm-hmm. example, Islam, I would suggest, is this problems with its compatibility with American ideas of of, of the democratic system and, and of Republican system. That doesn't mean that all Muslims can't be amalgamated or acclimated to America, but you know, the, the, it's very different than the European idea, which is Amer- which America is based on. I mean, America basically is a Christian country, a Protestant country specifically, and mm-hmm. I, I respect that. I want that heritage to be enforced, not because I think that that's a better thing, but because those are the ideas that we've embraced, and mm-hmm. and they're very very good progressive ideas in the real sense. And to go to another cultural paradigm is not what America has been about. And I think that that paradigm serves us well and it serves all Americans well. And you said you, and you just said it's obvious social engineering. And I think you're right. I think it's being done. Uh, the, the open borders mentality, the open borders ideology, the ones, the people who are in charge of it, not necessarily everyone who believes in it, because there, there are a lot of well-meaning people who just, who just don't see, uh, uh, I, I think don't see reasonably enough but but who don't don't have malice in their hearts but i think the people who are behind it who are largely unelected you know much like the the the, the kind of class of people who who now want to uh who, who now want to dictate to the rest of us uh how we can live medically speaking um uh but just like just like no somebody like bill gates was certainly not elected just so the people who are who are um, like the business interests and and those in whose uh, you know who whose self interest it is to bring in cheap labor, uh, you know people like that, um, they they're not elected either. I mean, no, there was never an there was never a vote. I mean, on uh, on mass immigration. And allow the allowing of mass immigration. If there were one, it would have been heavily downvoted because it's an unpopular. Yes, in fact, every, every president, including Obama and Clinton, 
publicly railed against it and talked about how they were strengthening America's borders and whatnot. The only difference between them and President Trump is that Trump means it. It's not just a lot of talking points to get elected. Trump actually is honest. He meant mm-hmm. it when he said it, and, and they know that, and that's what they is is the core of why they despise Trump, uh, because Trump believes in putting America first, like all nations should put themselves first. It's an obvious thing, you know. I mean, it seems like a it is a normal condition, of, just like we put ourselves first and our own families first. Right. I think we're better than someone else, but it's natural. That's how we're yeah. wired. I mean, it's survival. It's prosperity. Animals understand this. I mean, you know, the bird understands that you don't mess around with its nest. I mean, it's yeah. something that's yeah. just part of, of of normal understanding. And Trump actually is, you know, it's it's actually amazing to me that he is reasserting this idea, this simple idea. And it's driving people crazy on the establishment end who are globalist and who don't right. believe right. in cre- in the, the progressive idea of nation states and and sovereignty mm-hmm. and individual rights and and limited powers. And and to me, this is what this whole revolution is all about. And the fact that they would look to demonize anyone who, you know, disagrees with the globalist views. I mean, the ADL is particularly egregious. They say that anybody that talks about things like globalism are secretly anti-Semitic. That's horrible. That's ridiculous. You know, that's, I mean, it's just a, uh, you know, it's a perfect example of this kind of of nonsense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 intellectually disingenuous. It's like, um, you know, if you you use a word like globalist to, to describe a certain mindset, a certain mentality, uh, and, the, and that mindset and that mentality is that national sovereignty doesn't uh, isn't isn't important, and uh, you know, people should and the border should be thrown open. Um, and you know the 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 people who live in Western countries should should be demographically displaced. Um, you know that's you, you talk about that and call it globalism. I mean it, it's not it, it, that that that's a term that that uh, you know checks out. It 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 makes sense. Uh, and of course it's it's one of the oldest uh, tricks in the you know the in the the uh, dirty trick of books in rhetoric, you know, to, to just say, Oh, well, when you use that word, you really mean uh, this word. If you talk about how globalism, oh, yeah. uh, you really mean you hate Jews. I mean, that, that's, that, that sort of thing is, uh, you know, it's so dishonest. Um, and um, yeah, and, that's, that's and, it's, and they, of course they've gotten, as racism, I think, in this country generally has receded, they actually are trying to now resort to this whole subconscious thing where someone is put under a microscope and they find a gene. They find that you said something like this. I remember who was it? Chris Matthews said that references to urban neighborhoods is a, a code word for racist. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we're going to drive ourselves insane with that stuff. You know, it, it has to. And Trump stands up to that. And that's, I mean, his whole means of communication, it's simple and direct. He doesn't do this kind of double talk and sophistic, you know, totalitarian, you know, pseudo intellectual garbage that we're used to hearing from most of our public leaders, both left and right. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. He's just, it's a great lesson, whether you agree with him or not, that, that in terms of how to 
break out of this kind of totalitarian language of double talk and get to basic truth, whatever they are. Let it be what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I, I'm glad that Trump won. Um, I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a little more reserved in my praise of him than than some are, but but uh, you know, I'm I you know I don't know whether. I don't know whether he's a true believer or an opportunist, but I mean, it, maybe it doesn't matter if, if he's doing the right things, um, you know, in in the right ways. Then, I mean, I do. <laughs> whatever I think of Trump, the people who the people who now hate Trump are so egregious, so uh, so awful. Uh, really gone out, out of their minds. I've seen this. It's brought, it's brought out the worst in them. Yeah. Over the last three or four years, um, he he literally drives them nuts. And I and I mean worse than I remember during the Bush years. You know how some some people on the liberal left felt about Bush being president, um, but it, 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 it's similar. But it's 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 a much much more heightened kind of sentiment. It's it's like this sort of idea that if they if their side doesn't win an election. That means an injustice has taken place. It's like they, uh, how how dare they have the temerity not to elect the person that I want them to elect? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's it's so stupid. It's like, and you don't generally tend to see conservatives react that way to elections when they lose. When they lose, it's just like, oh, well, that sucks. I wish our guy had won, but uh, but uh, whatever. We'll you know we'll we'll get him next time or or something like that. But but when the liberal left loses, it's like I remember like them, them going out after Trump won the election, them going out and protesting. Like, oh, what yeah. are you protesting? What are, what are you you protesting that, that the votes went a certain way? I mean, for election. <laughs> I mean, well, it's it, in, I think that they've shown their true colors in some of them. I'm not talking, I'm generalizing here in mm-hmm. in their response to the pandemic. I mean, you have people like. Mayor de Blasio of New York saying that he wants to see entire portions of the American industry nationalized. You have, you know, talk about, you know, people being quarantined and and is kept in homes and not being able to buy, you know, plant seeds. I mean, it's it's so totalitarian that I mean, I, I say right now, thank God Trump is president, because if there had been a liberal Democrat in office, we'd probably have martial law right now. We'd have concentration camps. We would have nationalization. It would be like Cuba. I, you know, I live in I live in uh, the state of Georgia, uh, and uh, uh, Kemp is is our governor. Yeah, and he he didn't win um, over what's her name. Uh, I can't remember the Abrams. The, the the lady he ran against. Stacey uh, Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Stacey. It was a it was a pretty tight race uh, against Stacey Abrams. If she had won, and 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 um, and uh, Kemp has been, I, I think you know from what I can tell, uh, you know, as as uh, the lockdown has you know been applied different in different ways in different uh, regions of not only the country but also the world, Georgia seems to have been the most one of the more mild, uh, less uh, less draconian, less totalitarian uh, places, um, right. you know. Kemp, Kemp kept the the parks open, you know. Uh, he didn't he didn't uh, mandate that you couldn't you know, leave your house or couldn't drive to your house in the country like that ridiculous mayor of Michigan 
uh, and and he's and, and now he's taking you know steps. He's one of the first ones taking steps to uh, to uh, to end the lockdown, which is supposed to happen uh, late later, uh, like in a couple of days. But I, you know, if Abrams had won, I was just thinking the other day, if Stacey Abrams had won the election, liberal Democrat, I am sure that she would have closed down the state parks and uh, that things would be. Uh, much more draconian and that, you know, there'd be police stopping you and asking you where you're going and if it's essential travel and all the kind of nonsense that we hear about going on in in other places in the country and other places in the world. I mean, I, I really do thank God that that I live in a, uh, you know, a, a, a culturally conserve a place that's still generally culturally conservative. Um, oh, you know, where the, in my state of Massachusetts, it's not as bad. A, Republic, a liberal Republican governor, but it's mm-hmm. not as bad as Michigan and, and Minnesota and some of these other states. You know, we mm-hmm. can still travel. We can still drive to places. We're not like shut into the house. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's not like extreme here. Uh, so I think that the that this is the left showing its true colors. And I hope and I pray that this is going to become more obvious to more Americans, especially as we head into the next election. Yeah, well, I mean, you had you had people. To me, the 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 speed with which uh, the lockdowns happened was just breathtaking and and very very frightening. Like over the course of just a few days, it was suddenly okay. You know, everything is closed. You can't go anywhere in many places. You shouldn't ever. You shouldn't leave your home. Yeah. Um, all of these crazy ideas. These ridiculous notions that were being uh that now i mean that that i don't think there's any constitutional authority for these these uh kinds of ideas uh uh to be um to become law but you know they claim of course you know and and it's not the first time the constitution has been tread upon but they claim well it's an emergency situation so that means we have the right to do this and then they were at first talking about you know, keeping everybody indoors, keeping everybody locked down until Bill Gates finds a, a vaccine for all of us. And then and then he's going to give us all the vaccine that marks us as having t- taken the vaccine. Um, and the, it was just like, uh, I, I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, right. it I still can't believe it's still it's still unbelievable to me. Um, and I'm even I, I'm I've been moved to to write about it. I'm in the process of writing probably an extended essay about it because this is a really um for me this is this just it it's it's like a a moment in which uh, there's there's been an attempt at a naked seizure of power um on a pretext that wasn't that the the, the, the even the pretext uh falls apart when you look at it that closely that is you look at this uh you know uh, I guess this this pandemic, if you want to call it that, not fine. I'll say I'll 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 allow the use of the word pandemic. I, I, I guess, um, but uh, but you look at the numbers. It's not it's not more. It's not that. It's not really worse than H one N one was in two thousand nine or what SARS was in two thousand three. There, there's and yet suddenly. It's a little bit more contagious. However, there are reasonable steps that can be taken to reduce yeah. exposure. 
I mean, I don't have any problem with like the social distancing and not shaking people's hands. I actually think that's a good thing anyways. As a president. Well, I mean, yeah, I think social, social, like, I don't know where they get the six foot figure from that. That just seems pretty yeah, arbitrary. I just think that it's a reasonable thing for people to be a little more cautious and to, yeah, sure. you know, to avoid, um, you know, contact with people right now. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that, but I think that the whole lockdown business is really above and beyond. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I hope that there's going to be a good examination of this after the fact and that we're going to, um, and I think that's already happening. I think people are starting to wake up anyway, Andy, but I want to ask you, um, cause I'm reaching toward the end of the program. Yeah. Uh, could you let my listeners and viewers know where they can get information about you and your books and your writing? Well, you can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, which is my name, Andy Nowicki. Just mm -hmm. type that in and I'll, I will come up. Um, you can find my books on Amazon uh, and uh, you can go to my, um, uh, again, my author page, altrightnovelist.com. Uh, and there, that's where you'll find information about, about the, the books that I've written. Um, you can find articles that I've written. Uh, I, I, I contribute a, a lot of articles to what used to be the uh, alternative right site, and now it's called affirmative right, uh, dot com. But you can go just, I think if you just type my name in a, a, a search engine and type affirmative right, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see the, the, some of the articles that I've written. I, I, I was and and I've, done a lot of podcasting and and uh just sort of been a a figure in this dissident scene uh in my own way for i guess you know a good almost about a decade now so um and of course if you type in my name one of the probably the fourth or fifth thing that'll come up is the adl hit piece where yeah where i'm listed as as being among all the all the miscreants and all the the uh, yeah. the the ne'er do wells, uh, which I mean I, I I have to laugh about it. It's it's actually pretty funny. Um, um but uh, yeah. So so uh, so look, look, you could people can find me at uh, uh, my YouTube channel or uh, or at my author page or you know lots of places on the on the internet just by typing in my name, Andy Nowicki. All right, Andy. Listen, thanks a lot for joining me. Hope to talk to you soon. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks for talking to me. Take uh -huh. care. Thank you.